welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to your favorite movie podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and I am killed slowly each week. Uh, my name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Hey. And welcome to our spillover episode, I guess. We, lo- we lost a week because of illness and technical difficulty. So originally we're, we were going to do something for March and this is going to bleed over into March. It's all going to work out. We got this. Okay. As we watch... Candyman. Candyman. Now, we already did uh, Candyman, but this is, you said... The 2021 sequel slash reimagining uh, kind of thing. It's a sequel. I'm not going to pay this to reimagining because it it very much lives in the world of the first film. Mm -hmm. But it builds on the myth. You'll see. It's a whole thing. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, 2021 wasn't that long ago. So uh, what do we... I mean, how can we... Talk about, like, what was going on. Well, so much stuff happened in 2021. All of it bad. Yes. Uh, that was the year of the January 6th attempted coup. Remember where they oh, stormed yeah. the Capitol and were like... How could I forget? Grr, Trump won. Yes. Even though he didn't. Uh, so that was a thing. Um, yeah, holy shit. Um, never thought I'd ever say that about this country. Uh, yeah. COVID-19 deaths uh, passed 5 million worldwide yeah uh derek chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years in jail for the murder of george floyd and the summer olympics were held in tokyo Ooh, tokyo also omicron <laughs> which i remember every time i see omicron i hear it in david lynch's voice thanks to that meme of him going omicron <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that one every but time, okay um, in my head i'm like i always hear it in david lynch's voice and it makes me happier and i'm more willing to accept it um not really. We didn't really gain anyone that year. Not that we know of. Um, not yet. Not yet of import. But that was the year that we lost Phil Spector, Cloris Leachman, uh, Christopher Plummer, Olympia Dukakis, Sonny Chiba, and John Pel- John Paul Belmondo. Yeah. So there you go. Um, the films of 2021 are King Richard, Nightmare Alley by Del Toro, Ghostbusters Afterlife, A Quiet Place 2, No Time to Die, um, which apparently was a time to die. Yeah. If you watch the movie, wink. Okay. Um, Shang Chi, Spider Man: No Way Home, Dune: Malignant Censor, uh, which I highly recommend. It's a British horror film. The Forever Purge, which was my first movie back after COVID. Okay. There's two, right? We went. And yep. Saw that. Yes, we did. Uh, for this podcast, Saint Maud. Saint Maud. So there you go. 2021 in a nutshell. In a nutshell, there you go. Um, in case you don't remember. In case you can't have our time remembering back two years yeah uh i can't believe it's been two years already so Candyman. Candyman. this movie is rated r it is a lengthy one hour and 31 minutes long love that um the tagline for this thing is dare to say his name dare or say it depending on which poster or country you're living in okay um it was released august 27th of 2021 very close to my birthday <laughs> very close to my as a matter of fact i watched this for my birthday I was going to say, did you go and see this in the theater or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so this movie is co-written and directed by Nia DaCosta. Okay. Who is the director of Little Woods. And she's directing the Marvels for Marvel. All right. Because that's how this works now. You make a good movie that makes money. You get snatched up and you make superhero movies for the rest of your life. That's how you make money. Yeah. That's how you make that bank. It makes me really fucking sad. 
Um, Yeah, this movie is also co-written and co-produced by Wynn Rosenfeld, who was the producer of Black Klansman and Nope. Okay. And Jordan Peele. Uh, the creator of Get Out, Us, Nope, and Key and Peele, one half of Key and Peele. Um, <laughs> he was originally supposed to direct this movie and then ended up just working on the script and being a producer. Okay. Um, I believe this is the first film ever to be number one at the box office that was directed by a woman of color. Cool. We'd love to hear it. So there you go. Uh, And this movie is also based on the original film, which was written by Bernard Rose and based on the short film that was originally written by Clive Barker. I'm going to give those shout outs as well. Nice. Okay. Um, Now, the cast of this thing, I apologize because my voice is getting shaky. Um, Do your best. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Okay. He's Anthony McCoy. He was in Aquaman where he played Black Manta. Okay. Um, Ambulance and The Matrix Resurrections. The newest Matrix movie where he played Morpheus. Right. The Lawrence Fishburne part. I have not seen that. I don't know. I just brought it up because we talked about Lawrence Fishburne in the last episode. And uh. <laughs> it was like the. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He was the cheat. He, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor man's Lawrence uh, Fishburne. And Tayana Paris plays Brianna Cartwright, who is in the movie Dear White People at Chirac and If Beale Street Could Talk. And then we have Nathan Stewart Jarrett as Troy Cartwright, who was in. Um, Angels in America, and Coleman Domingo as William Burke, who was in Lincoln, Selma, and Euphoria. Cool. A show that your child yes. loves. I've not seen it, love, but I'm aware love, of it. Um, there are some, maybe, cast returns from the first Candyman that I'm going to set on and keep a secret. All right. So. Okay. You're not going to tell me anything? Maybe. Maybe you'll see some people from the first one return. <laughs> all right. That's all I'm going to say. And by maybe, I mean, you will definitely, definitely see some people see return some from people. the first film. Got it. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original <laughs> poster from the movie. And I'm going to tell you uh, what the movie is about. All right. You're just going to give me a synopsis of the first film. And hope that I, I was going to say, now we've already seen this movie. So I know that this is about an urban legend. The poster for this, it's a little po- more polished. It's, you know... Um, it's just like the back of a man with a, you know, a hook for a hand and there's a bee sitting on the hook. So I'm just going to, hopefully they just kind of took this first idea and kind of polished it and kind of softened the edges a little bit and made this a lot more palatable about, you know, someone trying to explore about this urban legend and how belief makes things real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why I wanted to book in this month with these movies. Okay. Um, because this movie is kind of a pseudo remake but also like a sequel uh does kind of a little bit of both okay um to the first film and i think we talked about the first film being a movie about like gentrification and racism and whatnot in chicago but it's through the pov of white filmmakers and white protagonists true Candyman's the bad guy and he's the main black character like helen lyle's white her husband's white like um so I wanted to do that and then watch these other movies and then end with a movie that's doing a very similar thing to Candyman, except the filmmakers and writers and producers and actors are all black. Oh, okay. So everything is coming from a black point of view within this world and how that's going to be a different point of view and a different lived experience. That's the reason why I wanted to start with Candyman and, and end, end with, with Candyman. Candyman. Okay, that's fair. So, 
And then that's going to kick us off into next month, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, okay. I, my prediction is you are going to like this movie a lot. All right. Um, I, this movie's got a very divisive um, Following? scores on things. It's, it, a lot of people are very split on it because this movie is very polarizing. Ah, um, okay. And so, yes, there's definitely aspects of this movie that frustrated certain people that angered some people um this movie works or doesn't for you and i'm curious to see if it works i think this movie will work for you i think you'll like it a lot okay um all right yeah i will i will say this movie is on amazon prime so you don't have to do shit if you have prime which i guarantee most of us do yeah you can just rent it watch it for free okay um it's just sitting there so all right well off we go join us won't you mind the doors Candyman, 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 Candyman. Peace. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. 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 Well, we're still alive. Let's go. Trina, you've broken the door. This isn't funny! I feel really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. It was the projects. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster that's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 Don't say that. Candyman. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real! Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. Be my victim. This is not real. It's not real. All right, we watched the latest Candyman. 2021 Candyman. And uh, have some opinions on things. How did everyone think? Did everyone make it out alive? Check your pulse. Uh, mine was racing, but that's all right. Yes. Um, I, I Before we get started, I just want to lodge a slight complaint. Oh. I'm really kind of tired of this trend 
of like I don't mind legacy sequels. Don't get me wrong. I like you know what a legacy sequel is? Like this. Where they go back to like, hey, remember this movie from like nineteen eighty two or nineteen ninety seven, whatever. And they, they kind make of... a direct sequel to it? Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I enjoy like rather than like doing reboots and just like let's just restart the whole thing. Like what if we went back and got like, you know, did like a sequel. Like if they did a sequel to Aliens, which they were supposed to do with like Michael Bean, Sigourney Weaver, like that would have been a legacy sequel yeah. that I would have fucking went to for sure. They didn't do it though. But the thing I'm tired of is is the this thing where they do a sequel to a movie, mm-hmm. but they give it the same goddamn name like as Andy the first Band? one or Scream. Yeah. Like it makes stop it, that. It makes it very hard to archive as well. Use numbers. That's Please. what numbers are for, especially with Scream. Scream films are numbered. I get with Candyman, they weren't numbered. Well, and they, I guess, would like Scream 2022 or? Yeah, it was something, I mean, I think. How do you, how, like, how, do you, how would you prefer them to have numbered it, if at all? Well, I think the thing is, if I'm not mistaken, there was like a Scream, they were doing a Scream like 2, mm-hmm. but there's already been a Scream 2. They're going with like this new kind of iterate, I don't know. It just, please don't do that. Just, just keep numbering please things don't. correctly. Um, because it makes it less confusing. Okay. For me. I just enjoy it. And stop naming things the same thing as the original film, please. Please and thank you. All right. So uh, this version of Candyman was a story that it envelops and kind of in, and makes the first movie part of the legacy. You know, this woman who goes crazy and, you know, they kind of retell it that way. And in this, we learn that the spirit of Candyman, the the collective consciousness, as it were, is the uh, enslaved person, now African-American, way of dealing with the injustices that white society, that they have had to live with. And so um, the original story kind of becomes part of that, which was something we actually talked about when we did our episode on it. How, you know, this white woman just walks in to the ghetto acting like she knows exactly what's going on. And they address it head on, which I thought was really an interesting thing. Um, and uh, are we giving away the ending? Are we yeah, are you spilling the, beans? That's the point of this podcast. So <laughs> turns out uh, the protagonist of this movie, who's a man who's becoming obsessed with um, the story of the Candyman, it turns out... Um, that he is the little boy, the baby, the baby from the first movie and Candyman is trying to get, um, him back. Is that like how, how you would put it or picked him as a victim and then where he got away? Like, yes. So they kind of explained why he was oddly obsessed with this, um, story and yeah, this was a really interesting movie. There were really, I think it's just that Jordan Peele can write a really, really good movie. There were a lot of interesting things done that I was, I'm still thinking about today. Hello? Yes. I'm just going to read the MDB synopsis so we can <laughs> It's a little, le- again, this. less rambly. I yours, get it. Yours is actually interesting because I guess the first time you've talked more about the themes of the movie rather than the plot. Like, yours was a little more theme-heavy. Well, but I mean, heavy. what is the theme? Like, what is the yeah. plot? It's this they're very, guy. They're very linked, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, IMDb has in present day, many years after the last of the Cabrini, not many towers. Let's okay. Well, from the first film, I'm older than them. Damn, (laughs) many years after the last of the Cabrini towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini. Um, a chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for painting, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Very succinct. I am not. The main character. Um, it's interesting that there have been... So there was the can- there was Candyman, then Day of the Dead, and um, Fair Farewell to the Flesh. So this is the fourth Candyman film, and this is the first one to feature a black protagonist. I did notice that. Um, the other films, it's all white people are the leads yeah. playing against Candyman, yeah. who is evil, weird, and kind of problematic. <laughs> um, yes. So this movie is about like you said it's the the baby from the first film who's mm-hmm. all grown up and he his mother who's played by the same actress who was his mom in the yep. first film uh has nice moved touch him away from that neighborhood yep where he grew up and then he yeah he grew up, up in a different neighborhood back because it's now a gentrified artist neighborhood very fan just like in the like original one fancy high-rise apartments like Helen's apartment versus the hood, it's now all Helen's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the row houses are still there, like the little box houses. The towers right. are gone, but the box houses are there. Um, and essentially, he's an artist who's doing the whole like I don't know, has like art life. That whole like it's very pretentious. Yes. And, and this movie jokingly points out how pretentious the art world is <laughs> that that yeah um and he's trying to find inspiration for like a new series of paintings and then slowly starts uncovering the history of cabrini green and Candyman through mm-hmm. a man who he helps carry some stuff into a laundromat and the guy tells him a story about uh sherman who's the I guess mentally slow gentleman who was giving out candy and then a little white girl found a razor blade in her candy. And so they assumed that he had done it, beat him to death because they assumed he did it because he always gave out candy to kids. And then it turned out it wasn't him. Right. Um, And he is the candy man that we see through most of the movie. So images, the idea of the candy man is that, you know, every generation there's, uh, um, there's, you know, the spirit takes on an, an unjust black man being murdered. And the first one was the slave story, like from the original. And then the second, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they, they kind of name drop a few different ones. They kind of low key point out Emma Till. They 100% percent credits. Yeah. Well, um, and, uh, and then the one from the 70s, because that's the one that the laundromat owner remembers, is he was this. Um, I. I'm going to posit a theory about this movie. Okay. Before we finish talking about the plot. And the theory is this. This is the first film that does the whole hive concept. Right? The idea of like Candyman's not one person. He's a hive of wronged people. That's how a beehive works. Exactly. So it makes sense. So if we're using that interpretation, I'm going to say that Candyman is a force for vengeance or revenge 
is personified oh. by the face that you associate with that. So where the guy who runs the store saw Sherman, that's right. his candy man, right? Yeah. And then when Anthony's told about it, yeah. that's yeah. his candy man. And then whenever... And he's painting the faces yeah. very violently. And then whenever uh, at the end... This. It's Anthony's Candyman because right. that's her Candyman, right? But mm-hmm. we'll get there in a second. So that's my theory. It's it's, it's whoever you to... associate with the Candyman mythos is the face of the Candyman who shows up to punish you when you call him. So there <sighs> you go. So I be and I think that's why we don't really see the face of the people of the Candyman that kills the girls in the bathroom, mm-hmm. right? Be, well, yeah, because it's what all kind of would done that off face screen. Be? We don't know what that looks like to them. Good point. George good Floyd, point. Maybe. Good point. Or one of the I mean, whatever, hundreds yeah. of. I mean, it's there's a long list. Young, unfortunately, males of color. But anyway, um, so Anthony gets wrapped up in this myth, and then he's living with a woman who puts on art shows, who has her own baggage, and and I think this is the only part of the movie that doesn't work for me. Is they they very very quickly gloss over the fact that she had a father who was mentally ill and killed himself because he thought he could fly and jump out a window, and I feel like that's a dangling piece of plot they don't do a whole lot with. I think it makes your character a little more real, but it feels like it was meant to have an additional piece to it that or kind play of got cut in out. the movie later, and they cut it. I didn't it, see that. It doesn't. Yeah. It feels like it just kind of goes nowhere. That's the only part of the movie that I'm like, I don't really. It was I mean, unnecessary. I think they were trying to, you know, draw this correlation that she's this broken, like she keeps taking on these kind of broken men because this thing happened to her, I think is what they're trying maybe, to say. Or maybe. maybe it's the idea of like trying to do symmetry with the first film and the fact that like the second half of the first film is like, is Helen crazy? Oh, right. Is she not crazy? So they wanted to make sure she was super sympathetic towards like, any kind of mental illness. But... They don't go down that road at all in this. Like, they're, they're, this movie moves. It's the shortest of all the Candyman movies, I believe. So it doesn't have a whole lot of time to really go, is this real? You just take it at face value. Yeah. Like, it's real. Like, that. that's never presented to us as a thing. Like, it was in the first film. Right. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It, that part doesn't quite work as well for me. But, like, yeah, he basically creates an art installation about Candyman and the Cabrini Green, and it gets people talking about Candyman again. And so he's back. And he's back. It, it's a way to bring Candyman back because the survivors of the first film all agreed they wouldn't talk about him. They would pretend yeah, like he like, was crazy. Let's just let this die. They would just let it go away, and he could never come back. But that one guy who felt wronged, who felt like his neighborhood had been taken away from him, his culture had been taken away from him. Because it had been. Like, yes, but he sets Anthony right. up to be a victim. Like, he basically is feeding him this information and getting him to go to Cabrini, knowing who he is, knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Because he wants revenge on the police and the people in the neighborhood. Obviously, yeah. And Anthony gets stung by that bee and begins to transform at that point into Candyman slowly through that fucking awful beast thing on his hand gross um he starts going to like these fugue states and he he starts having fights with his girlfriend his painting gets crazy mm-hmm. and then it does culminate with that guy sawing anthony's hand off and he just stares to make a new candy man 
Doesn't say a he thing. calls the police and says, like, the guy who's killing all these people, very similar to the first film, is, like, wandering around Cabrini Green, um, muttering to himself with a hook and acting crazy, knowing the police will just show up and kill him. Right. Um, and, and then his girlfriend kills that man mm-hmm. and tries to save him, and he collapses in her arms and is like, I need help, and the police just burst in and shoot him. Yeah. Boom. Thus making him the next Candyman. Exactly. And then... They did exactly what we all knew they would. I think the scariest part of this movie is after they shoot Anthony and he's dead and they put her in the back of the police cruiser and he's like, tells her what happened. And he's like, so... The cop, of course. Yeah, he's like, so the cop tells her, so what happened was you were screaming for help and we burst in and saw him with a hook and we knew he was mentally ill. And and he was was attacking attacking you. you. And we had to kill him or... Because he lunged at us first. The option is that or you were his accomplice who held them down while he killed... And that is the most terrifying thing because police literally can just make anything up. Yeah, and they Um, do. And can be believed because they're the police. Yep. Uh, And it's fucking terrifying. Um, And I'm not... A person of color. I was going to say, and you're a white man. to death of the police. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I could only imagine what it was it would be like in that situation. But she summons Candyman, who is Anthony, and then he kills all of the police, and probably the best scene of the movie. Mm, uh, and then scene. the final cop he kills, and he comes towards her swarmed in bees, and the bees cover his face, and then it's Tony Todd's face, right. the original, the Candyman. original one. And he tells her to tell, tell everyone. everyone. And then the movie ends. Uh, and then we have those that really great credit sequence with the um, shadow. From uh, my little history nerd perspective, I was so thrilled. They use um, the shadow animation, the, the, you know, hinged shadow animation is very unique to um, my white brain is going to get it all wrong but it's very unique to the american slave culture i think it's originally from africa it was it was a way of storytelling that is very closely associated with um, enslaved people in america and so they keep like any kind of cutaway scene they use that type of animation and it's just another layer of of really making sure that it's nailed home that this isn't about Anything other than history just repeating itself over and over and over again throughout yeah. time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I heard a quote that was like, with the Rodney King beating, it's like someone had to film the cops doing it. Now the cops give us the footage of them beating people yeah. and we still don't do shit about it. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's fucking awful. Um, I will say that I did notice in this movie, and I pointed it out when we started watching it, Candyman has a lot of uh, shots in the movie that are from the sky looking down at the ground. Oh, right, yes. Like a top-down perspective. And this movie opens with the exact opposite. It's the inverse. It's really an interesting opening. It's a flipped version of the original film. Um, And I find that to be interesting where it's a lot of shots of from the ground looking up at the sky. Especially and, the well, even credits. yeah, even the opening credits. It's the it's like you're looking from behind, the you know lion roaring, and it's this very weird kind of because like you're looking through the mouth at whatever. It was interesting if you didn't notice yeah. that. It's worth a look because this movie is going to be kind of the flipped version of the original film, and it was, um, and it's very good. 
But the, a couple of things I, I just wanted to talk to you about. I think this movie would make a good thematic double feature with A Clockwork Orange. Yes. Because they're both about the same thing yeah. at heart, which is one person can never be as evil or do as much harm as an institution can. Yeah. That's exactly what A Clockwork Orange is about. And that's kind of what this movie is about, too. Right? Candyman, even if he's a hive, he, can, he can't do the, damage, the amount of damage yeah. that, like, the police can. As a matter of fact, whenever the one time someone mentions fear in this movie, it's about the police. Yeah. Right? Whenever he says, I saw the real, fear, the real face of fear that day, he's not talking about Candyman. He's talking about the face of Sherman when the police beat him to death. Yeah, because he was, he was just hiding in the walls. Trying to avoid the police. This was a this was hard, but it was a really really interesting movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's the end of the month though. Oh, hold on! I, I didn't oh, mention cool that the final thing I want to talk about with Can- this movie, this version of Candyman, is this. Um, at the end, whenever she summons Candyman after she spent the entire movie avoiding that, right, right, with everything in her, I think. To me, it's the saddest part of the movie because to her, it's the acceptance that the reality of life isn't as scary as fantasy or is scarier than fantasy. I mean, Mm -hmm. right. Like she spends the first half of the movie being terrified. Like, no, we don't summon things. We don't, you know, we don't do that. Right. But then the reality of being in that police cruiser, dealing with the police, knowing what's coming, yeah. is scarier to her than Candyman. Yep. Candyman coming is a relief compared to dealing with the institutions that she's about to deal with. It's um, true. And and that to me is mega fucking disheartening. Terrifying. So it's yeah, disappointing is the word for sure. There you go. Um this is an odd film in that Candyman is the antagonist, I guess. But really, it's a movie about how shitty and scary the police and uh, law enforcement and the criminal justice system are. Because it's true. So there you go. So as I was going to say, this is the end of the month, which means we need to rank our movies this month. What have we watched? We started and ended with Candyman. And what would we have in between? What was the yeah, cream in this Oreo sandwich? Used by you, Tales from the Hood, and then the 2021 Candyman film. film. Uh, okay. Do you have yours? Of course I've got mine. Okay, number four. For me, it's Tales from the Hood. For me, it's Eve's Bayou. I enjoyed Eve's Bayou. Yeah. But, again, if we use the criteria of, like, which would I go back and watch again the soonest, it's definitely not Eve's Bayou. Fair. It's a good movie. All these, I enjoyed all these movies. It's just the one that, uh, is is the one that has to be number four. Number three for me is the original Candyman because it really bothered me that uh, <laughs> she was just so blatant. There was just, I don't know. I didn't enjoy that movie very much. Next. Uh, three for me is Tales from the Hood. Okay. Two for me is Eve's Bayou. I don't think it's rewatchable, but it was this. It was just very interesting. No, it's, it's a very good movie, and it's definitely more your movie than my movie. Right, like there, sure. there are movies yeah. when I'm, 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 yeah, that are definitely more built for someone like you than someone like me. Uh, number two for me is the 2021 Candyman. Ah, I enjoy okay. it. I think it's a really good movie. I, I, I like what they did. I like the fact they went back and like corrected some of the issues that have 
age not well with the original Candyman. Um, it makes the original better. This film does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's number two. Okay. And number one for me is the new Candyman, the one that we just watched today. Mine is the original Candyman. I love the score. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, I, it was a very interesting score. I liked I, that. I just think, like, you can't have this film without the original. Yeah. And good point. I try to view films within the context of when they were made. And I think that it was a well-intentioned movie for when it was made. I think a lot of our complaints okay. came out of us viewing it through a 2023 lens now with what in 20, in 1992, I think it was. So I just think Candyman is a really fucking good movie. Yeah, and It's number one, if nothing else, just for that scene where Tony Todd flies backwards out of that window. Very cool. I fucking love that scene. Um, yeah, this fucking rules. Nice. Would you would I watch this movie with your family? Or I don't children? think so. Uh, I think the seventeen year old would really like it. This is definitely a movie meant for you know kind of his generation. I think he would love it, and it's short enough. Uh, definitely not with the young one. Definitely not with the old one either. Nope. Uh, <clears throat> what was your favorite scene? Hmm. Or kill? Uh, the, my favorite kill was the art curate. The art curator i loved him getting the his one that shit the one that quoted jeff goldblum from jurassic park yeah when he's like let's go faster just kill him yeah i was i was pretty happy and stoked with that uh i would watch this again this was a you know a decent movie it was yeah. good my favorite kill is i gotta give a runner-up to the bathroom with the kids like the teenage girls oh right yeah um i thought that was fun but the cops at the end <laughs> Like, it is just comes very out fun and starts killing those cops. It's like, a good time. You're like, yeah, okay. Let's fucking turn about fair play. Right on. So, yep. Um, well, this is that's right. This is the end of the month. So, what are we doing next month? The end of the month. So, if you remember, listeners, uh, we had to hinge this month because of uh, some issues we had. So, this movie bled over into the first of March. Um, well, technically, it'll come out on like the fifth or fifth, whatever. But it's fine. Um, anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to do like urban legend. I thought you were going to say urban cowboy. Style. Yeah, urban urban cowboy horror. Urban, urban legend. legend horror. Okay, so yeah, this does fit right in, yeah. doesn't it? So we're going to use this as the pivot and we're going to do three additional. So this will be count as the last movie for we February. All, we all get the it. first movie for yeah. March. So there you go. It'll, it'll be in both both categories jesus fucking christ okay <laughs> so what are we watching next week um i think we're gonna watch the empty man the empty man when did that come out like 2021 i think fuck 22 fuck something like that okay well it's very good all right well until then i'm josh and i'm cindy and i'm still his girlfriend yay